May all grace, mercy, and peace come to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I don't know how you follow pastors in these last few weeks. <laughs> He's a pretty amazing guy, which is why I'm standing up here and not down there. <laughs> um, what if, you know, I got to thinking about Advent season, you know, and what, what, do we, what do we think about when we think of Advent every year? Anybody? What's Advent about? Huh? Preparing the way. That's right. Preparing the way. Preparing the way for what? For whom? Birth of Christ, the coming of our Savior, right? What if I told you that Advent is also about stewardship? What would you say? Uh huh. Yeah, you're laughing. Yeah, really, Pastor? It's Christmas season. You're going to be talking about money? Seriously? What if I'm telling you that I'm not talking about money today? What if I'm telling you that, that, that really Advent is stewardship? Because what is stewardship overall? What's the first thing that comes to your mind if you hear stewardship? Use your money, <laughs> right? But stewardship is what? At its core, what is stewardship? Sharing, right, exactly. Stewardship is taking good care of the things, right? Uh, you know, at its core, in the core definition of stewardship, it's, it's, it's using the resources, right, to provide for an organism or an organization or whatever, to make sure that the life of that thing is going to go forward. So think about stewardship, though, in terms of ministry. What is stewardship? What does stewardship look like? Money's just one aspect of a resource regarding stewardship, along with time and talent, among others, for that matter. We often speak of time, talent, possessions when we, you know, when we talk about the offering or stewardship in church, but they are mere resources with no purpose unless we know what to do with them, unless we have it here to know how to care for things, and unless we know here what ultimate stewardship is and what we're called to be stewards of, which is what? What did Jesus command us to do? Yes, care for creation, right? We're to go and advance the gospel, to share the good news with one another. That's stewardship. These next few weeks, we're going to talk about different aspects of stewardship, not necessarily just the resources, but what it means to give, to be a giver. And so I started with this question, what if I told you that Advent is about stewardship? You know those words, those two simple little words, what if, can be very scary words, can't they? You know why? Because what if poses a challenge to our way of thinking. If somebody says what if, right, you immediately go on guard because it goes against the grain. It forces us to think differently about what things might look like. You know, what if, I, what if I told you the sky was green? You've been told your entire life the sky is blue unless it's gray, right? Or what if I told you that the earth is flat? Well, you've been told the earth is round. It, what if? Two little words that force us into thinking something different. But what if I told you, there it is, what if I told you that Advent is about stewardship? Every year we celebrate the Advent season. And then celebrate Jesus' birthday on Christmas. But long, long ago, long ago, it was foretold that Christ would come. And the reason of His coming goes all the way back to the beginning. Way back in the beginning, 
God created. And he created man. And what did he tell man? He gave man dominion over all things in creation. And then what happened in the garden? Man screwed it all up. We fell. And we fell into this perpetual cycle of sin and repentance and forgiveness and back into sin again. Right? And what did, what, did, what did one time God do? He sent a big flood to wipe out creation, right? And then he felt so bad after it all that he vowed to never do it again. And he gave this great rainbow as a sign that he was never ever going to do that again. And over time, he sent prophets to tell people to repent. He sent people and he sent kings and they all came and they all went and nothing worked. But did God give in? Did God decide to go back on His Word? No. God chose to show the ultimate form of stewardship for His creation by sending His Son, Christ Jesus. God, through Malachi, spoke to this coming stewardship. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Told all those years ago. Yes, God cares enough about his creation to continue to endure it, to provide his creation a way to endure it, to live before him. But what if he didn't? What if he chose not to do that? What condition might we be in today? But while God proclaims that the Lord will come, He also poses this question. But who can endure the day of His coming? And who can stand when He appears? In other words, who's going to stand there on Judgment Day and be able to live on His own accord? Not you. Not me. Nobody apart from Christ who ever walked this earth could ever keep the, uh, uh, the commandments, could ever obey uh, perfectly that which God commands us to do. We simply cannot save ourselves and stand on our own works before God's righteousness. But God can. God does. Being in a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap, purifying His creation so His creation can be reconciled to Him. That's stewardship. That's the God of creation, a provision, a promise, a God who does not change. And because God does not change, we will not be consumed. But what does that mean for us? God shows us what stewardship looks like, but what's our part in all of that? We certainly don't get a free pass. We don't get to cheapen His grace and go out and say, oh, we're forgiven. We can do whatever we want. That doesn't work. We're still going to be held accountable on that day of judgment. Accountable for our actions. Accountable for our stewardship of the resources that are entrusted to us. Accountable for our callings in advancing the gospel. The Lord of hosts warns us what? He warns us in Malachi that he will be swift in his witness when he draws near in judgment. Swift against those who are sorcerers and adulterers. Those who swear falsely. Those who oppress the hired workers in their wages those who oppress the widows and the fatherless and let people go by the wayside, those who have no fear of the Lord. 
This isn't a, a what-if scenario. This is a reality. God's wrath is real, and sometimes I think we forget that. Though he doesn't desire to bring it on his creation. So God tells us what? To return to him, and he will return to us. He tells us to be obedient, to not neglect the relationship that we have with him, and certainly not to neglect the things that he entrusts to our care. And so how do we return? Well, first, we return in repentance. Old Testament prophets were continually telling people to repent and return to the Lord. John the Baptist, as the messenger God spoke through Malachi, who prepared the way for the Lord, went and preached repentance. We first must return to the Lord on our knees in prayer, asking for His forgiveness. And what if when we did that, we asked God to show us how to use those resources? What if we ask God to open our hearts and our minds to the possibilities that lay out before us? To expose us to the people in creation who so desperately need the good news that we have. If you continue to read beyond our assigned reading in Malachi today, you'll find God answering the question, how will we return with another question? Will man rob God? God explains that Man's robbed God in tithes and in contributions by keeping for themselves and depriving the ministry. John the Baptist told the crowds gathered around him to bear fruits in keeping with repentance. He also tells them what this looks like. Whoever has two tunics, give one to his neighbor. Share with one who has none. Whoever has food, go and do likewise. To the tax collectors, what does John say? Collect no more than you're authorized to do. To the soldier, John says, don't extort money from anybody by threats or false accusations and be content with what you have. These aren't arbitrary pieces of advice. They're not even suggestions. They're words to live by. This is discipleship. Because these things point to an expectation that God has for his people in being stewards of the good news. The good news, the gospel that God cares so much about His creation that He gave His only begotten Son, Christ Jesus, that whoever believeth in Him shall not perish. The good news that is Christ Jesus. This isn't an oral tradition. It's a lifestyle. It encompasses everything that we are. All of our humanity. It calls us to use what we have to provide for others, to care for others, to be stewards of the gospel. The Apostle Paul says in his letter to the Philippians today, I thank God in all my remembrance of you. Always in prayer. Listen to that. Always in prayer of mine for you all. Making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then Paul would go on to say what? And it is my prayer. My prayer. There's that word prayer again that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment, and you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Imagine that. Paul's telling him, you share in what I am about, and I'm about what Christ calls me to be. He's thanking them for their provisions 
And he's encouraging them to continue to do so. What does he pray about? He prays that God would show them how to use these things. Ah, how many of us go to God all the time and say, hey, God, tell me what to do with the $20 I just found on the ground today. Tell me what to do with, with the resources I have in my house. Tell me what to do with my time. Because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if we did that, God wouldn't be telling us to skip church to go to a baseball game. I'm sure that God wouldn't tell us to, to not be in fellowship with one another or to hoard our resources for ourselves or to not tend to the property or, or the care of the gospel. Prayer is part of stewardship as well. It's a little bit scary. What if? What if we actually prayed intentionally for the Lord to direct us how to use our resources? Because that's kind of scary, isn't it? It might be scary of how He answers us. To step out in faith and let go. To give our extra tunic to somebody in need. Or to give money to the ministry at church when we think we might need it for ourselves, especially given today's economy. What if we were actually obedient and keeping our relationship with God at all costs? Giving our 10%, committing our time and our talents and our possessions to helping advance the gospel, to, to improving our communities, our neighborhoods. Well, that's challenging too, isn't it? Because society tells, you know, because our time is stretched in different directions. Because society tells us that we should be paid for our talents. That's robbing God. That's selfishness. And none of it saves us. But as Malachi reminds us to return to the Lord, as Paul tells us to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus, as John the Baptist says to bear fruits in keeping with repentance, we're reminded of why we do those things. It's to the glory and to the praise of God. We return to God what He has first done for us, bearing the cost of our salvation by pouring His wrath out on His only begotten Son, Christ Jesus. What if God left things the way they were, destroyed creation with that flood, returned and went back on His promise? How would we endure? What would our lives look like? What if somebody didn't bring you to the baptismal font? What if you never heard the good news? What might life look like? Thank God. Thank God He chose life. Thank God that He is a good steward and cares for His creation. Because I'm looking out at His creation sitting here before us today. The good news that came to each and every one of you. The good news that comes to us in this holy meal. The good news that comes to us in confession and absolution. And we get that great forgiveness that God desires us to have. I want us to think big this year. I want us to stretch our minds to the what ifs. The possibilities that come along with that. What might that look like? this upcoming year? What if we step out in faith and decide to let God take charge and just be obedient and have the faith that He's going to direct us in His paths and in His ways? 
What if this Advent season, we consider Advent to be about stewardship? The possibilities of blessing others through the stewardship of the gospel, quite honestly, are endless. So let us go and be those messengers and prepare the way of the Lord. Because there's a whole world out there that needs what you and I have. And that's the blessing, the stewardship of God. And to God be all the glory. Amen.